Provision is identity management built for community banks to empower unprecedented breach protection, automated management of the entire employee lifecycle, and powerful audit-ready documentation. For more information or to schedule a demo about Provision Identity Access Management, please visit ProvisionIAM.com. Hello and welcome to the MBA Today, a podcast all about Maryland banks and bankers, their history, legacy, and the people that make it all happen. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, we're talking with Jim Bosley, Jr., President and CEO at Farmers and Merchants Bank. How's it going, Jim? Going very well today, Eric. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, you having a good day? Is uh, your week going well? Every Everything is going well. The stock price is up, so we're all happy. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, Jim, uh, part of this podcast, I want to start off, we're, we're going to get into the MBA and the 125 years that, that MBA has been around, but we want to start off talking a little bit about you and your role at Farmers and Merchants. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. As uh, I'm actually a, a local person to the to the bank's market, as my, my parents bought their house uh, through this bank. Uh, I started here in, in 1983, so I'm, I'm approaching 38 years that I've uh, spent with the bank. It's, uh, I was right out of college. It was, it's the only full-time job that I've, I've ever had. Wow. Uh, I've been president of the bank uh, for the last 26 years. So it's it's been uh, just a just a tremendous experience. Uh, it, it's been a great ride. The bank has has done well. We you know continue to serve the community. So uh, I, I'm you know very very pleased with uh, uh, with how my how my career is going here. Yeah, I would say so. So where did you start off? What what role did you start off in when at the bank? I, I actually was supposed to start uh, as sort of on the marketing side, oh, and really? which was. A, Pretty progressive thing for a bank that was about 12 million in assets uh, at that time uh, to go out and knock on doors and and try to uh, you know to, to generate some commercial business and and that type of thing. And I was only here a couple of days, and the the main operational officer uh, left. Oh. Uh, so the the president came to me and said, "Well, now you know we've got some other things for you to do." And it actually was a blessing because it, it really got me into the the operations of the bank, the finances of the bank, and I, and I really got to sort of touch everything at, at that point. The bank was was very small, of course, and of course the operations and things then the technology wasn't anything like it is today. But <laughs> it, it great experience gave me a great gave me a great background for going forward. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think that that well rounded aspect always helps a person if they understand kind of the inner workings of, of how a, a company runs. Absolutely. So, so do you, how big was the bank at that time? The bank when I started was about 12 million in total assets with one office. Oh, okay. All right. So where are we at today? Today we have eight offices and we're about 675 million in uh, total assets. All right. All right. Great. What what areas of of Maryland do you do you serve? Uh, primarily uh, Carroll County and Baltimore County, and and the surrounding metropolitan counties as well. We will lend in, in the metro area, but our, our branches are all in either Baltimore County or Carroll County. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about Farmers and Merchants and, and the history of the bank. Um, how how long has it been around, and and uh, what's what's the impact that 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 
that you have on on the local community? Sure. Uh, uh, we, we just celebrated our 100th anniversary back in 2019. So I had, had done a good bit of research on the, you know, the origins of the bank and all that to celebrate. And Perfect it's a very timing. interesting story. Yeah. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, just, just briefly, but, you know, the, the whole thing started back in 19 September of 1919 when 27 local residents got together at one of their homes and said, hey, what do you think about opening a bank? <laughs> And believe it or not, within six weeks, they had raised the $25,000 of capital needed and had chartered the bank uh, on October the 24th, 1919. So wow. uh, we, we all know how, that, how long that would take today. Uh, so to do that in six weeks is, is, was, was pretty amazing. Uh, the great thing about the the roots and that certainly that just the fact that that original group of people were just, you know, local citizens that wanted to to have a bank. But when they sold the twenty five thousand dollars in capital, they sold twenty five hundred shares at ten dollars a share and they put a limit of no more than 50 shares per person. And and in doing that, that that required they had to have at least 50 people, at least 50 shareholders to get the bank open. So they really wanted to be inclusive of the entire community to include as many people uh, uh, as they could. And, of course, they saw that as a, as a, a way to to improve the chances of success as well. So it, it uh, the, the inclusion, the community, the roots, uh, you know, date back to 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 the very beginning. Uh, you know, from 1920, you know, then they opened the doors, you know, their first of 1920 and had one office all the way up to 1990. So for the for the first 70 years uh, operated with one office uh, in 1990, uh, opened the first uh, branch office. As I mentioned, we've got uh, eight branch offices now. Uh, we didn't hit 100 million in total assets uh, until 2000. So the bank was, again, 80 years old before before we hit the 100 million mark. So uh, since that time, you know, in the last last 20 years, then we, we have grown a good bit up to the, you know, approximately 675 million in assets, the eight, eight offices. Um, and last year we were completely organic uh, up until uh, last year, 19 or tw- uh, 2020. And in 2020, we got into the M&A uh, game for the, for the first time. And we acquired uh, Carroll Community Bank, uh, another local community bank with deep roots to the community. So they, they've been a good uh, addition to, to our franchise. That's cool. That's awesome. Uh, so what do you see uh, from a, from an impact on local community? What, what, what efforts does, does uh, Farmers and Merchants put into place to kind of uh, support the local community? You know, I guess that as, as a community bank, our you know everything we do is 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 really for the community. Our our lending opportunities are sourced uh, in our community to help businesses grow, to help uh, individuals start businesses, to help individuals buy their homes, uh, to help with education, uh, that type that type of thing. So it, it really everything that that we do is geared that way. Now, obviously, we spend a lot of time with nonprofits. Uh, in in the uh, in the counties that we that we serve, uh, using both both our financial resources and our human resources to uh, to benefit those organizations so that they can they can help others as as well. 
Now, I guess one of the interesting things we have is named after our our uh, our founding president, Ernest Wooden. We have the Ernest E. Wooden Educational Fund, and it's a scholarship awarding uh, nonprofit, a separate corporation from the bank, but it's it's cared for by the bank. But we we now are uh, this year we will have uh, after we award our scholarships this year, that fund will have given out over three hundred thousand dollars in in scholarships. So that's that's something we're we're real proud of as well. well no doubt, that's awesome. That's awesome. Help Helping, helping a lot of local people. That's great. Yes, they're very rewarding. So with your organization just recently celebrating 100 years, as you know, the MBA is celebrating its 125th anniversary uh, right now. So as we talk with with folks from, from a variety of different Maryland banks, we're asking each guest this question. So tell us a little bit about the changes that you've seen over your time in the industry and, and what stands out to you. Uh, so certainly, and as I mentioned, I, I'm in my 38th year, so uh, so I've seen a lot uh, of changes during that that time frame. A couple of things I think that really you know had had such large industry impacts uh, is is way back in the in the 80s, the, you know, the deregulation of interest rates. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started, interest rates were regulated. Uh, there wasn't much, you know, wasn't really competition because everybody was was sort of in the in the same ballpark. So when they, they refer to it as deregulation of banking, which it never was, it was the deregulation of interest rates. Mm-hmm. We, we know banks haven't been deregulated. Uh, so uh, that, that I think was a pivotal thing. It really it, it made it a you know, more competitive uh, uh, type of business. So uh, this, which which I, I think benefits everybody, the consumers and everybody when you have that that competition. Uh, you know, I, I think the other thing, and this has sort of played out over quite a while, but uh, we, we've got uh, the merger and acquisition uh, situation and the consolidation of the industry uh, that's going on. And some of this dates back to, you know, even the, the late 80s and, and it's certainly ramped up in, in recent times. But, you know, when I first got into banking, you know, the state of Maryland probably had nearly, you know, 150 independent banks headquartered here. And I think today we're somewhere around 37. Right. It's it's been a huge change, and and certainly the you know building scale and taking advantage of those efficiencies make a lot of sense. But that but then there's also you know communities that used to have their own bank that uh, uh, that don't any longer, or you know they're they're certainly just branches of larger banks. So you know I think in in that way probably it's it's uh, uh, for some communities it's been a, been a difficult thing. Uh, and I, I think the third thing that that you know we'd have to say is is technology. You know, uh, the 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 thought, you know, many years ago of of taking a picture of a check in your kitchen and and depositing that into your account, it would just have been unheard of. You know, that was, uh, that was a Star Wars or Star Trek. Or uh, and so, so I, I think the advent of technology and, and, you know, we can do so much more, uh, with, with less and we can provide those conveniences and services, uh, to our, to our entire customer base. You know, it also helps reaching the unbanked, you know, certainly yeah. people, as long as they have a cell phone, they now have a bank. So it, it, uh, I think that's a very positive move also. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's that technology um, path look like at, at F&M? Have you, have you adopted it quickly or has that been just a recent occurrence over the last five, 10 years? What's, what's that look like for you guys? 
you know, as a small bank, you know, we don't have the the, you know, the R&D budget that, you know, some of the larger players would would have. So we, we like to think we're we're uh, we're not, an, uh, you know, we're, we're not originating the uh, the technology. We're not on the bleeding edge, but we like to, to be, you know, uh, at least an early adopter, you know, once it's been been proven and out there. And of course, even through that process. The educational part of that to to the the customer base, you know, they're seeing it from other banks and seeing commercials and, and things like that, uh, is already already in place. So then, so really, you know, I'd say most of ours in the last twenty years, you know, from two thousand on, uh, is when we put our, most of our our you know modern technology certainly in place, uh, you know, with the internet banking, the mobile banking, the remote deposit. Uh, feature just even you know our network and, and our way of communicating with with each other. Um, it, it's been uh, it, it's been great. It does it does really really improve the efficiencies and, and the conveniences. Absolutely. Well, and and it has proven to be very helpful, especially over the last twelve to eighteen months with the pandemic. Isn't that the truth? How how would we have how we survived? You know, with. Uh, not being able to have people in the offices and, and, you know, consumers not being able to get to the banks and some branches closing, you know, even temporarily during that time, uh, it certainly was, uh, was a godsend through, through this pandemic. Absolutely. Well, Jim, as you know, the MBA plays a large role in helping promote the strength and success of Maryland banks and bankers. Um, what has the MBA meant to you over your career? Well, I, you know, I, again, I date back a long way with the, with the. Yeah, I go back to you know, Bill Weaver was uh, uh, was head of the MBA when I started, and to John Bowers, and then you know, the last you know twenty plus years, Kathleen Murphy, who who really raised the profile of the association uh, tremendously, just a, a phenomenal individual. And now I know uh, Ramon Luby will will do the same. He will maintain that and, and grow it even more. Very, very bright young young man who do great things for uh, for the industry. But the great thing about about the Maryland Bankers Association, of course, it fills a, a number of roles. But the advocacy is is huge. You know, working with the, the legislature, uh, the respect that the Maryland Bankers Association has is just tremendous in the Maryland legislature. When that, that you know Kathleen or Mindy uh, or Bob Enton uh, you know walks in to, to see someone. They they're able to to get to them. They they get their attention. They they will listen. They know that we uh, the the uh, industry doesn't isn't blowing smoke, but it but has a real concern or real reason for uh, for their interaction. Uh, the big thing about that is is as I found over the years is is not even necessarily new legislation that it that favors bankers getting passed. It's really more about legislation that would have a negative impact on the industry and doing what we need to, to do to kill that, uh, to kill some of those things that are unreasonable and unfavorable to the industry and ultimately our, our customers. And the MBA has been extremely successful uh, with, that, with that kill rate. Uh, you know, you also look at, you know, the Maryland Bank Services, the, you know, the, the for-profit arm and, and the uh, products and the companies and the merchants that, that uh, vendors that they, they bring to us at discounted prices to, to, to help, uh, help us improve, uh, efficiencies. And, and the other arm that, that's played a vital role for us is, is education. Uh, you know, I'm a graduate of the, of the Maryland Bankers School, uh, as, as are many of our people. And the, and the, uh, the Women's Conference has, has been a phenomenal event and, and, and done a great job of, of you know, of elevating and, and 
putting a spotlight on on all the the successful women in the in the banking industry. So it, uh, it, it, it the Maryland Bankers serves you know a number of those different uh, those functions and and they they all add to the the success of the banking industry in Maryland. Well said, well said. Well, Jim, thank you so much for your time today. Do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Just to say, you know, how proud and, and, and honored we are to be a part of the Maryland Bankers Association. It's such a well-respected organization, and, and we're very, as I mentioned, very proud to be to be a part of it. And uh, we're very happy with the success of the organization, and, you know, we're, we're there to help uh, keep moving things forward. So we really appreciate it. Excellent. Jim, thank you again sincerely for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure talking with you about the history of Farmers and Merchants, as well as as your own history and a little bit about the MBA. Well, thank you so much, Eric. I, I really appreciate it. It was it was really a pleasure. Yep, mine as well. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting our website, mdbankers.com slash podcast. You can always leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to mbapodcast at mdbankers.com. The Maryland Bankers Association is the leading advocate, trusted partner, and exceptional resource for Maryland banks and the banking industry. We thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more MBA Today. But until then, remember that together... We represent one voice, and as an industry, we make a positive difference in the communities we serve. Have a great week. The 125th Podcast Series is brought to you exclusively by Provision IAM. Managing employee identity has become the foundation of a bank's information security plan, and now you can manage your user identities by automating role-based permissions. Provision is built for community banks. Safeguard your systems. Ensure regulatory compliance and slash audit prep time. Schedule a demo or learn more about Provision Identity Access Management. Go to provisioniam.com.